0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about the MCU, and specifically the kickoff of the MCU on Disney+. Plus. Big deal. First episode of WandaVision. We are talking about all of it right now. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And this is very exciting. Uh, we did a preview episode for this, uh, but we are officially getting into it now. Two episodes of WandaVision launched on Disney Plus today. We're going to talk about them individually. So check pretty soon for our second podcast, talking about the second episode. Um, but uh, I, I think there's... I, I, I want to go to like a bunch of different directions here. Uh, first of all, I want to yeah. say for anybody who is watching this or listening to this podcast... Uh, Definitely watch the episode first. We're not going to do a complete recap or anything like that. We're going to talk sort of broad strokes about feelings about it. I know we have some differing opinions about- We'll see.
1: There could be some different takes in here just based (laughs) on our faces.
0: Mm -hmm. Potentially. How uh, traumatized some of us are or not. Or Uh, exuberant. But But also we're going to talk about specific plot points. Obviously we'll speculate about it. We'll talk about potential comic book origins, though. That's going to be a tough one, I think, with this one. Yeah, yeah, a little bit dicey. Uh, let's start with you, Justin. So, the, Well, just to get broad Great strokes piece. about this episode, this is like the 50 sitcom episode. It's very bewitched, I'd say. Uh, I'm not very versed, honestly, in old sitcoms.
1: I feel like it was it's bewitched like, Dick Van Dyke. Uh, yes. And I
0: would say leave it
2: to Beaver as well mm-hmm. type of thing.
0: Yeah, so this is something we talked about a little in the preview episode. Something that they did with this show, which I think is really fascinating, is they tried to film each episode like the time period they are in. So this was filmed in front of a studio audience. They did the effects just sort of naturally the way that they would do them uh, at that time period. Uh, And the thing that I would say that I was really impressed with with this episode is I feel like they wrote the jokes and they structured it exactly how they would for that time period as well.
1: Truly. Like, I mean, we've we've talked uh, over the years a lot about how the Marvel um, films, um, they take a genre and really play the genre and then lay the superhero specifics on top of it. So you get your original Captain America movie. Um, You get your Guardians of the Galaxy that feels like the the fun space romp. All of them um, sort of, Use the genre um, to its uh, most extreme or to its utmost, and helps them with the storytelling. And this is like an even harder commitment to that in the television world. Like this was an episode uh, of this type of TV show; it was perfectly milk toast, and mm-hmm. I mean that as a compliment. Like. The jokes; those are real jokes that they would a a the writer the writers room of an actual sitcom in the fifties would be trying to make the this same level of joke, the same style of joke. It's not mocking the format; it's doing this like perfect translation of it, which I thought was a wild choice. That is a and, wild tonal and- choice.
2: And you're giving us insider information because, as everybody knows, you're a line producer no. on many I TV not, shows. not that. For years now, so you know when you see it,
1: writer's room stuff. That is not. I do work in television, mostly on the writing and directing side, but um, uh, not in the 1950s. So um, I don't have a ton of experience being that okay. old. Well, that's, I will where, say, that's where you come in, Pete.
0: Well, something that all three of us have experience with uh, is comedy, right? And comedy writing. <laughs> and it definitely... The thing that I think is kind of fascinating about the structure of this particular episode is it starts off, and it started to feel like a sketch to me. I was like, okay, I get this. It's a sitcom, but you got Wanda Maximoff. You got Vision. So what if that was in the Marvel Universe? But to your point, Justin, it really just doubles down on all the sitcom tropes to the point where it's not just a sketch. It moves beyond a sketch. And then by the end, we get... Which is my favorite part of this episode. We get this turn into weird, creepy horror that feels right out of a twilight zone of that episode down to, again, the way that they're filming it. So they're almost doing two things at the same time. And that tonal consistency and that time consistency, even if in this early episode we have no idea what's going on, though we will get into speculation later, um, I really appreciate it. Pete... I know we're going to go to you for the contrary take. You were very bummed out about this. I also think, though, you were not very excited to get into this show. Uh, is there a reason you were hesitant in the first place?
2: Well, yes. I mean, um, you know, Tom King, an amazing writer, but the uh, the Vision comic that he did was a little depressing and was this kind of take on, uh, you know, the suburbia, if you will. Yeah. This kind of like uh a Wanda being trapped or trapping herself or whatever Vision it was. Vision. Vision, sorry, yes. Yeah. Um so um that it was tough because the comic was you know, you didn't really know what was going on, but it was also very sad and depressing. And this kind of uh heightened that a little bit. Like it got scary and depressing. Uh and I very much uh, was on the side of that 70s show mom when I was like stop just make this stop stop it this is this is really uncomfortable and creepy in a way that I don't understand nor can I get behind so it was a little tough well um, I mean
1: because I, I don't think uh, we there's a lot of speculation before this came out that it was going to be based on the Tom King vision comic and I actually don't think it it mm-hmm. is it is this first episode has that sort of tension and sort of the suburban panic of that that comic series but this is something a totally different animal i think and um it feels like i mean this is a dense show i mean we we can talk about sort of the big swing nature of this show and the fact that because of covid it's coming out first as opposed to falcon and uh, winter soldier which would have been a way more across the plate Mm
2: -hmm. type
1: show as we (laughs) what we think we know of it anyway that this truly does feel like I, the I'm just going to be very interested to see the reaction because I, I feel like a lot of people might have a very similar reaction to Pete, which is like, wait, what is this? This has none of the things that I expect from an Avengers.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I think anything Marvel at this point is a safe bet, right? Like we've talked about this incessantly on all the podcasts we've done, but even with their bad stuff, it's really... You could argue, you can quibble a little bit, but it's like C-plus or better, right? Like, yeah, this is fine. I'll watch it. It's good. With something like this, it's definitely going to be confusing for people. Uh, if you're a sitcom fan and you don't know anything about it, you're going to be like, who are these people and what is going yeah. on here and what are these jokes? If you're a Marvel fan, you might be like, why is nobody hitting each other? What's going on? This doesn't feel like anything in the Marvel universe. So it is a big risk. But at the same time, you do have those little notes, and this is very much jumping to the middle of the episode, but you have that fake commercial in the middle of the episode. Yeah, what was that? And that, well, we don't know. We don't know what that is yet, but that gives you that tease of Stark Industries. They probably were making weird toasters at the time, uh, and uh, that gives us that, I, I feel like that gives you that MCU thing to hang on to. Not just Wanda and Vision, but mentioning Stark throwing other little things in there. Yeah, but mentioning
2: Stark in a in a bad way in a creepy commercial where that woman doesn't look right. I don't think mm-hmm. she's okay. <laughs> she was like shiny. I was like somebody help that lady. I don't know if she's yeah. if she's there on her own free will. Like this is uh like that's the thing like I wanted to be in on the like I wanted to kind of understand what was happening and it was tough because it was like when it starts, it's like, oh, hey, fifties fun, like you said, an SNL sketch. But sometimes an SNL sketch goes too long, and you're like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> and I felt like that, where it was like, okay, this SNL sketch is getting dark. I don't know what the payoff is. Where's Kate McKinnon? Yes. Like, yeah, uh, there was, uh, you know, John Pardo! Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, it did. The neighbor was uh, SNL for sure, but like I. I wanted to enjoy this, and it kept me at a distance and kept me confused in ways uh, that I couldn't latch on. Even the Stark stuff, I was like, why is Stark bad? Like, what is happening?
1: Well, I do think um, there's a reason they um, released two episodes up Mm -hmm. top. So we haven't seen the second episode. And that's what I was
2: worried about. I was like, why are you doing that? I was like, does your first episode suck? That's why you're releasing two? Oh, okay. Thank you. No, no, no. not about sucking. I think the way you are
0: feeling is the way the episode is supposed to make you feel. Yes. That is the what oh. they are, all of the things they're trying to get across to you. And to Justin's point, we'll talk, we'll watch and talk about the second episode second. But my impression is that that is going to walk you further along the path to hopefully understanding a little bit of what's going on or at least understanding the show, you know, because this something that I was thinking about while I was watching this was this isn't strictly a pilot for a TV series in the way that you think of a pilot of a TV series, right? Like it's setting up more a tone. It is introducing or reintroducing the characters of Wanda and vision. But even if you're, if you're a hardcore MCU fan and you've read everything about the show, I think you understand what's going on. But if you're a casual fan who watched the movies, you might have this reaction of wait, hold on. I thought, isn't Vision dead? Is that Did I remember that wrong? Hold on. What's going on with Wanda? Where does this take place? Is this before the Avengers movies? Wait, I didn't think they were married. So there's all these questions they're throwing out at you, depending on your level of knowledge there, if you haven't read every Entertainment Weekly article. Uh, and again, like you were saying, Justin, I think that's a that's a tough place to put the audience in, but I do think it's valuing them at the tide of their intelligence.
1: Uh, And I feel like I love it. I think it's great to be able to play, play so hard and hit the genre so hard, I think is no other, no other place would have the confidence to start a show like this, this way. So I appreciate it. And like to walk through it a little bit, maybe like the, the actual plot of the sort of sitcom plot is, um the classic like misunderstanding um Wanda thinks Vision's coming home for a, a a a romantic night in he's actually bringing the the boss over they have a bunch of misunderstandings they try to cook dinner um so that feels like that is they're just using a very standard boilerplate 1950 sitcom plot but the yeah. stuff that was interesting um uh, if we want to get into that um, yeah they yeah, don't... I... Go there ahead.
2: was one really interesting thing that stood out to me And I think this is going to catch on like wildfire. What is fire? What is happening? What is about to happen? A beer that's the name of your anniversary. I mean, think about that. If you could buy a beer that has your anniversary on it, you don't have to worry about anything. You're talking about the throwaway
1: throwaway joke that um, Catherine Hahn makes about Ralph, her husband, um, not remembering their anniversary unless it was the name of a beer.
2: Yeah, June 2nd was the name of the beer. And I was like, this is cash money. This is just, I don't know what there's like 80 million breweries out there. Somebody get on this and you're just going to be rolling around in dough.
0: I'll tell you what, this is a little bit of a side note and then we can get back to what you were saying, Justin, but uh, Catherine Hahn is so good at this and she is yes. so perfect for a sitcom. It is out of control. Her lines are easily the actual laugh out loud lines. Like uh, a lot of the lines, like you were saying, I think "milk toast" is a good word for it, but she actually nails the jokes really, really well. All of her offhand stuff about her husband, Ralph. It's so stupid, but she hits it in the perfect way. Uh, somebody mentioned online, I don't know if you guys saw, but they're doing this uh, Lucy Ricardo movie yes. with Nicole Kidman. And I saw some random tweet where somebody was like, hey, I'm just saying, and it had a, p- a picture of Lucy and a picture of Katherine Hahn. And I was like, well, I love Catherine Hahn. I don't know. But then watching this, it felt like, yeah, 100%. It's like weird, right. a
1: weird serendipity that that, that, Fights going on online, and we see the show where she literally is playing. She technically <laughs> yes. playing uh, Ethel, uh, but she uh, yeah yeah is really a, a shoe in for Lucy. But I do think to jump right on there, like she stands out as something weird. She mm-hmm. is, uh and obviously she's oh that's she's stood star, that stood out as weird. But I just mean like in the world, she is a, a deviation from the sitcom world. It feels mm-hmm. like she is trying to get information out of them. She is keeping them in the plot, the sitcom plot, as the episode goes on. So she feels like she's a presence there that wants something from them and is containing them in this, whatever it is, this, like, fantasy world, uh, however we learn about
0: it. How much, I only ask, because this is our first official episode here, so I'm not sure how much we want to get into speculation, and certainly if you're listening to this and you feel like you want to just talk about recap or something, we can leave the speculation stuff for the end, so just... Hit us up at Marvel Vision Pod. We're happy to chat about it. We're happy to do whatever you guys like. Uh, but we'll, I do do to... we'll do anything. We'll do
1: anything. I'm trapped in this child's room. I'm trapped <laughs> in my own version of suburbia. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I also trapped in this in the is child
0: stuff over here and not mine.
1: Yeah, we're all clearly trapped in, trapped in children's rooms mm-hmm. because you guys have like comic books and stuff like mm-hmm. that around you. I have um, dresses.
0: Uh, a lot of the speculation pre-show focused on Catherine Hahn and specifically her character Agnes and whether she was the character Agatha Harkness from the comic books, who there's been different takes on Agatha Harkness, but she usually is the one who like, I think raised Pietro uh, and Wanda also, uh, she ends up, I think, raising the twins that vision and Scarlet Witch have her later on. She's kind of an antagonist, kind of an ally, sort of straddles the line there. Um, but certainly, to to your point, Justin, that's what it feels like in this first episode, right? Like yeah. she's definitely she knows more about what's going on than she's letting on.
1: And don't we get the name Harkness at one point?
0: Uh, Hart. Was that what it the, was? Yeah, the boss's I, name is Hart. Harkness. It's close. <laughs> yeah, it's close. Hart and Hark are different.
1: True. They're, they are different. Just the letters, the consonants.
0: Yeah. Catherine Hunt is great. While we're talking about performances, uh, let's talk about Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, oh. I think. Pete, <laughs> you look so bummed out right
2: now. I, I, I wanted to talk about the 70s show, Mom. I thought she could Go for me. it. I thought, Go for it. I, I, I want to throw that to you. Throw Get a happy. bone. Throw a bone, yeah. that 70s show. I mean, uh, she was hysterical. The way she got behind the goodbye with the hands behind the face was great, really great. Perfect callback.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it was. There is. There's no better sitcom mom. Uh, I'm just looking up her actual name because I've forgotten. Isn't she? Deborah Joe Rupp. It's
1: Deborah Joe Rupp.
0: Deborah Joe Rupp. There we go. And it's Saul Rubinek is the Mister Hart, right? Mm -hmm. Great actor as well.
1: Yeah,
0: great, Pete. Pete, That's all you wanted to say, just that you like. No, I
2: just. Yeah, I. I just. (laughs) I thought she was really great, and she was calming me down because I was freaking the fuck out. Uh, and then she started to freak me out with the stop it, and I almost walked away. You what you got to do, up.
0: Pete, is uh, smoke some pot and do one of those spinny table things where it checks in with all the characters.
1: Yeah. That'd be fun. We should do that. Pete, have you ever tried weed? You might want to <laughs> give it a try. I just,
2: really? I'm just laughing at Alex going, smoke some pot, and then just do <laughs> Have the... you-
0: yeah, Get out know, the table thing. Yeah. Have you ever been yeah. uh, hanging out down the street, the same old gang you saw last Hello. week?
1: Hello, Wisconsin. Yes. Um, Yeah, I think everyone in the cast I thought was great. Even the smaller parts felt like walk-ons in a studio system sitcom where Mm -hmm. they were just like, I'm a day player. This is the only acting job I've ever had. And it it was great.
0: Well, well, like mustache guy. He was like, I tried out for Ross on Friends and I didn't get it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. This is my big break. No, it's not.
0: <laughs> uh, but I do want to talk about Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, specifically because, you know, they've done a lot of thing, different things as actors, but the way most fans are going to know them coming in here is as Vision, as Scarlet Witch, who have gone through a lot of different iterations throughout the MCU, but this is very, very different. How did you feel about their performances here? Uh,
1: great. I mean, I, I it's interesting. They're... Elizabeth Olsen really pops, I think, more than Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany's in the role of this sort of like stodgy uh, dad or stodgy husband, and he he feels a little like robotic um, in a in a way, and maybe that's a purposeful choice. Um, but it, it really works. It's not that's not a, a super criticism. I think it, the whole thing really. It's also a little hard because the characters are confused. So it's really hard to figure out exactly what they know, what they're doing. And the Vision especially spends a lot of the episode like, what are these forms? Why are we doing these things? And clearly there's no answer. So he's frustrated for a lot. of. It.
0: One of the things that I really liked about that joke and that I want to get back to the performances is I felt like it serves such a great dual purpose to have, like you're saying, to have Vision be confused, not understand. He's sort of in this prisoner-type place where he can't get out of there and nothing makes any sense. But at the same time, it actually felt very consistent with sitcoms of that era, where they would just go to office and do office work, but they're not actually producing anything. Um, So I like that quite a bit. Uh, I had an opposite reaction to you. I thought Elizabeth Olsen was really solid and got to play some like very big, bold choices, but I really liked Paul Bettany a lot. I thought he nailed his jokes. He nailed the sense of that sort of character, the stodgy dad character. Um, I, I was really impressed with him in particular.
2: Pete? 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 Yeah, yeah, that guy can take a plate to the head, I tell you what. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that the, you know... Uh, uh, I am to a human, Oh organic material. I, you know, that was fun. Uh, you know, the, uh, you know, her being like, I'm definitely married to a human man. You know, that that was fun. I just, I just am worried about what's going on, where they are. It seems like maybe they're trapped somewhere. From the kind of like ending that we got, and uh, you know, I'm worried and confused about these characters that I care about.
1: Well, let's let's talk about that. Like, uh, I think we got we talked a little bit about the the scene where um, the the boss is sort of asks them too many questions. They start to question the world around them. He chokes. He's dying, and then we break out of the the sitcom, the three camera format and get into these like super creepy, slow, like David Lynchian push-ins on each of yeah. their heads.
2: so creepy, so, I Stop thought it, was, that. it worked so well. I don't need tension right now. Do you, the world is on <laughs> fucking fire. I don't need this right now. Like, P- what are you doing?
1: I can't believe I'm saying this to a human, but I don't think you're in a good place to watch TV right now,
2: <laughs> just any TV. That's all I got, what are you fucking saying?
1: I think you need to take it back to just, not moving pictures, just regular pictures. Mm-hmm. You need to just look at
2: a painting or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, look at, like, some boy. Thomas Kincaid or something like that. It just bliss yeah. out.
2: I don't need to be stressed. Have you Maybe. tried smoking pot, Pete? Yeah, oh, you should try. You like should try that.
1: Maybe the the woman who photographs just like, dogs uh, with roller skates on their feet. I think that's a good place to start for you. <laughs> or the babies that are in flowers. That's a good start there, and then we can work up the moving pictures.
0: Uh, I love the tension moment of that moment as well. I thought that whole sequence was great. And just to get into some speculation about potentially what's happening here, um, because I I really think you can only analyze the very tidy clues we have. We know that Wanda and Vision don't know how they got there. They don't know how they got married. They don't know anything about their relationship. And where we let them off, as mentioned, Vision was dead. They were not married. They really couldn't be together. Uh, So something happened between there, obviously. Um, The big telling thing for me is uh, that 70s show lady saying, stop it, stop it, stop it. Which to me makes it feel like they're causing this. Like, this is not an outside villain. This is maybe, to completely throw out a wild theory, or maybe not that wild theory, Based on the comics, Scarlet Witch is constantly going crazy and creating these alternate scenarios. It's entirely possible that Vision's death drove her to the brink, and she created the scenario where she traps a town, locks them in there, and makes them live out this sitcom fantasy so where Vision is cho- still alive.
2: So she's choking the boss. Then is that what you're saying? Yes. Like she yeah. was choked. That's that's sort
1: of what I've been thinking as well. I because feel- when
2: she was like. Vision, go help him. It was like he was released. Like, he was being held there, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, he was kind of released and able to help. To
1: keep them back. I think she's subconsciously, it it may be like the moment of of Vision's death in the movie. Mm -hmm. And- um,
2: Like, all this is taking place in that, like, as he's dying? That's what I think. It's sort of an
1: occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge style uh, thing where- um, Then
2: who's watching the videos of this, though? Like, who's in that- Kind so of like... what, what
1: here's my wild speculation. Rather than them taking over a town or forcing people to do it, I think they are they're inside the vision. I feel like the the mm. the credit sequence was odd first oddly cinematic and it's all about being inside vision. Um it's like nanites it all feels very like mm-hmm. we're we're inside this robot man. Um so I, that's where that's where I was uh thinking um that and the fact that the commercial, I, feels like, I feel like, is the other big clue. It's the one sort of one of the few moments where we see color in the episode, mm-hmm. the red light on the toaster. It yeah, feels that was like that's, that's sort of ticking like a bomb or sort of like something that's pressing and maybe going to shatter their
0: illusion as well. Uh, I like the idea of, and I think it makes a lot of sense. It doesn't just have to be Scarlet Witch's powers. You also have vision as the mind sewed. So if they are, that was destroyed by Thanos, right? But like, that a second version that they brought back at the end yeah. of Avengers Endgame. So it, it's possible that there's some shenanigans going on in there where they got trapped in it in I, some way. But to Pete's point, I do I've, think the person watching the TV show throws a weird wrinkle in any of those theories.
2: Yeah, to me, it felt like a little nod to Mojo, like type of thing, where they're mm. trapped in some kind of like TV show type of thing
1: but i think alex that points to what you were saying earlier with agatha harkness it feels like the scarlet witch because of what her uh, her horrible loss um she maybe shatters a bit her uh, her consciousness and goes into vision and the there are people trying to help her trying to pull mm-hmm. her out and that's what the people watching on the tv are that's what um katherine han is trying to do uh, is perhaps um or maybe she's a malevolent L- presence like we were talking about earlier
2: let me ask you guys something. How many episodes could you take of this before they kind of gave us more information about what's actually going on? Like, could you do three more episodes like this if there are more clues?
1: Bring them on. Yeah, I mean, I think we are going to get some slow play of this. There's nine. episodes. I can't episodes. take
2: the the slow play. Is well, what it's I'm not going to be the same. Like, I need, I need next episode some kind of relief here.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to do it that quickly. But I do think there's, if they, and I know this is a controversial thing to call out, but if they do it like Lost pacing, where it's slowly eking things out, but how dare but, you? <laughs> hold on! How but, dare you? Hold on! Hold on! But they actually give some answers as they're going. I don't need them to be like episode two, and this is uh, yeah. Mojo, and I this don't, is what, like, I don't
2: need it all yeah. revealed. I just need something because right now. It's not you didn't leave a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, with so, us,
1: Alex, are you saying you hope that they have um, just as much understanding of where the story was going on this show as they did on Lost? And then <laughs> yeah. in the, smoke it,
2: monsters. You want like two, three smoke monsters? Yeah, smoke monsters, like, polar
0: bears, dog kind of wandering around.
1: And <laughs> then in the script, instead of it saying like, "Oh, a tiny light blinks on the toaster," it's like the tiniest fucking light you've ever seen is blinking <laughs> like crazy on the toaster. <laughs> this yeah. is a Lost script. This is and how if- we write scripts <laughs> in Lost.
0: And if they could bring in, like, an outrigger at some point and never follow up on that, I think that would be really great. Yeah.
1: All we got to do is get to the end of the season. We'll explain the hatch later.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yes. I think we probably need a couple more answers to that. But to your point, Pete, I would say, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know in terms of pacing how you do it because there are nine episodes. But I feel like you got, like, another two to three episodes before it really starts to... It needs to start pulling things back for me.
1: But, uh, to, and to what we said at the top of this, like they, um, we haven't watched the second episode yet. That is, they released those two for a reason. I feel like you're going to yeah. get something. You're going to get a little bone. You're going to get a little precious little Deborah Jo Ruff something. style bone. Needs need something. It's going to carry yeah. you through.
0: Uh, there's one other thing that I'll throw out, and I only mention this uh, because we did talk about this in the preview episode, but if you look at that final screen of the guy looking at the screen of watching Wanda and Vision, in the bottom left-hand corner, there's a little symbol with a sword in it, which Marvel Comics fans will know that there is an organization called SWORD. It's usually involved with, like, extraterrestrial life, and Abigail Brand is this character who runs it. It comes out of the X-Men and everything. I don't think they're going to do anything like that, but certainly, like... I don't know, we're all, all three of us, everybody who's watching this stuff is trained to parse through every frame. I saw some article that was looking at Dial on the radio and was like, oh, this is the time it is, and that points to the issue of West Coast Avengers. And I was like, that's crazy. But maybe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I quickly typed the um uh, the names and the credits of the internal sitcom mm-hmm. show into an anagram generator. Didn't get a lot of hits, though. <laughs> 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 really Babs Digby doesn't really mean a lot of other
0: things. I, I will say I love the idea that they're giving us such tiny little hits about everything that it's going to drive people insane. It drove Pete yeah. crazy, and he doesn't yeah. even
1: know what's happening. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, um... uh, the only other clue like that I would throw out there is I thought it was strange um, that Vision has the remote in his hand at the mm-hmm. end. They, yeah, that about, was... they talk about being married. They get married. Uh, which I thought was very much wish fulfillment for probably both of the characters. Um, it, the characters, as if Vision's dying, it's wish fulfillment for both of them to be married um, if sure. they both know that he's dying. But him having the remote made me feel, it was an oddly, it was odd how he was, had his arm around her. It stuck out to me. It mm-hmm. feels like maybe he has a little bit of a hand on the wheel of what's happening to them.
2: But it also felt like very kind of like married with children moment, where it was just like, all right, now I has got the remote, gonna... Put one hand down the pants. Are you looking forward to for that, Pete?
0: The uh, 90s sitcom when yeah, Paul yeah. Bettany is like, hey, day, one hey, <laughs> hey. That's going to be great. Uh, before we wrap up here, any other moments that you guys want to call out? And we've certainly done a fair amount of speculation about this episode, uh, but any other tiny moments or anything that you thought were
2: particularly the... interesting? The set designs were really fun. Like it definitely felt like a '50s TV show type of thing. The way the plates were set up and all that kind of uh, fun stuff. Um, yeah, it definitely like the suits were made different. It w- it really felt. It really felt like the time period. So great that attention was, uh, to detail, and uh yeah, and even the the coloring and all that kind of stuff. It was uh, it was really well done.
1: You must have at least loved that they chose your karaoke song, Yakity Yak, to be a sort of a centerpiece of the episode. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's, I've heard you sing that just countless times. Yeah.
2: But if somebody awkwardly just yelled that out, that would pull my, people's attention. I did appreciate the fact that, like, sometimes when they do stuff where it's like, look over here, you know, it's almost not believable. But the way he just belted into that song was pretty funny. Good stuff. Uh, Justin, any other little things you want to call out? Or have we
0: covered
1: everything? No, nah, I, I think we covered it. Um, but right. just in general, I loved it.
0: Yeah, I, I was impressed as well. Uh, like we talked about, I think just the fact that they went for it here is really fascinating. I'm excited to talk to you guys about the rest of the episodes. I hope for Pete's sake. They pull the uh, bell back sake. a little bit. For, for Pete's, Pete's sake. sake. I didn't mean to say that. Uh, but for all of your sake, thank you for tuning in. We are going to be talking about episode two. If you're awake, it's probably in the feed already, hopefully. Uh, so check that out. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about the episodes weekly from there. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to chat with you about WandaVision or anything in the MCU. Socially, you can check us out at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we are actually live in all the feeds pretty much everywhere at this point. So iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. I believe they should be everywhere live right now where you can subscribe specifically to this podcast. ComicbookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous.
1: <laughs> Good. <laughs> Forget the past. This is your future. Yakety Yak.